beautiful people. Political engagement looks good on you. Thanks for showing up. I will be your co- your host for today because my gracious co-host, uh, Marcos Melitzis, uh, founder of Daily Coast, is on vacation, I think. Hopefully resting and relaxing. Who knows? He might be doing something. Hopefully he's doing something restorative. So um, anyway, but, but I have here with me our favorite pollster, director of civics polling, Drew Linzer. And uh, we have the, we have polling that has just come back. Civics just conducted polling over the weekend. Uh, So we're out with a new poll and we are giving you some of the top lines today. By the time you get this, it will be, you know, that poll will be live. Uh, So we're recording on Tuesday, but it will be live on Wednesday morning. And all of the things we talk about here, you can rush straight to civics and click on it and uh, get those reports. Civics has reports that it does after every poll that they, they conduct. Um, and on top of that, I'll be writing some of it up. So if you read us on dailycoast.com, you will get some of my write-ups, which will obviously be super insightful. Right, Drew? Always. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome, Drew. Thank you for joining us. So I'm super excited about this. Um, I want to take, I want to do, I want to say one quick thing because there was like this Beltway media polling freak out over a CNN poll last week where Biden's uh, approval rating was, you know, um, job approval rating was like way underwater at like 22 points or something like that. Okay. I just want to be clear about something. How pollsters ask these questions is is different and can you can end up with different results. Um, I highly encourage everybody, if they are interested in Joe Biden's approval rating, to go to civics tracking of Joe Biden's approval rating, because you will see it's not it does. It's not all herky jerky. It doesn't go all up and down and all over the place. It's pretty steady. And right now it's pretty steady at thirty nine percent approval. 53% di- disapproval with seven or eight percent of people like undecided. Okay. So, um, and that is, you know, the CNN poll in terms of Biden being 22 points underwater was an outlier. But what most every poll agrees on right now is that President Biden's approval rating is right around 39, 40%, maybe 41%. Some people have them a little higher, a little lower. That is exactly in civics tracking where his approval level, uh, level was in at when the midterms on election day last year, when Democrats wildly outperformed expectations. So, you know, it's not to say that a midterm and a presidential election are, you know, totally analogous or whatever, but it's just a cautionary tale of like, it's really early. Don't get all hyped up about, regardless of what the pundits are saying, don't get all hyped up about a poll. Drew, you're, you're like, you do this for a living. You know, I'm just like a, I'm just like, I'm just like the hot takes gal. Um, <laughs> you want to add anything to my, uh, to what I, what I said here? Yeah, it's um, Joe Biden's job approval rating has been very steady for months and months now. And it's around 39%. It's not moving. Uh, there were uh, points at which earlier in his presidency when we saw movement. Uh, but these days, it's been a lot more like President, former President Trump's job approval rating, which was just just flat. Just There were people yeah. who seemed to like him and people who seemed to not like him. And nothing that was happening in the world really seemed to make a difference. So, uh, I, yeah, don't worry about outliers. 
you can come to the civics website and see we we track this every single day every single day i'm back every day you'll see it's it's been about the same as it was the day before someone you you guys may know you listeners may know looks at these almost these tracking polls almost every day (laughs) to see if there's any movement i can tell you there's not a whole lot of excitement around joe biden's uh approval number it doesn't move that much it's kind of just like there other um, things move, but but this other things move. It's pretty locked in. Trump sometimes moves a little bit. Um, some of the some <laughs> of the uh, and and at civics.com, that's civics with a Q. It's it's C I V I Q S dot com. Uh, they have all of the tracking for every GOP 2024 hopeful that's, that's live. Right. You can check that out. And that is kind of interesting because there is some movement based on, you know, voters finally getting some some interaction with these uh, candidates or, see you know, seeing the Republican debate or whatever. So there's oh, actually yeah. a little bit of movement there, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it's a different way of sort of judging what's happening than like looking at the horse race polls. Yeah, that's 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 fascinating because you can see uh, for Nikki Haley, for example, or Ron DeSantis over time as they've taken a more vocal role in the in the campaign there, uh, their favorable ratings have fallen Mm -hmm. because Republican voters still really like Donald Trump. When these when these candidates go out and start criticizing Donald Trump, as I think they have to, if they're serious about trying to win this primary, uh, voters punch them for it. So yeah. there, those are some trend lines. You can you can time it. It's just a steady decline. But yeah, we've got them all running. So that's yeah. that's been fascinating to uh, to watch over time. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on. We've got this new poll out, mm-hmm. uh, and it will be live Wednesday morning. I encourage everybody to take a look at it. Fascinating stuff. First of all, we have. I mean, they, Civics asked a number of questions about uh, the age of politicians, court justices, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, I want, I, I definitely want to get to the comparison of how voters feel about Joe Biden's age versus Donald Trump is only a few years younger. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially peers. What do you, what was your takeaway, Drew, from looking at what's the general sort of tenor of how they're thinking about age, um, forced retirements, things like that? Yeah. Well, let's start uh, a little bit broad, and then we can zoom in more specifically on on Biden and Trump, if that works for you. Okay, so we we uh, did a national survey, uh, like Carrie was saying, over the weekend, where we interviewed just over eleven thousand registered voters. Some of the questions we asked them in this poll had to do with whether voters thought there should be a mandatory retirement age for U.S. senators. Uh, one. Uh, two Supreme Court justices, and then U.S. presidents. What we found was that voters really do support uh, retirement ages for people in these important federal offices. Uh, most, The most support came for having a mandatory retirement age for U.S. senators, where 74% of people said that they would support basically forcing senators to retire after a certain age. And you don't get to 74% in a poll unless Democrats and Republicans and independents agree. And in fact, it's about three quarters of, of Democrats, Republicans, and independents who all agree that past a certain age, we didn't say what age, we just said, any. is there some age where U.S. senators should be forced to retire? 74% said yes. Well, and uh, I think I think it's worth mentioning that that 
number comes in a situation where people have witnessed, you know, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell mm -hmm. suffer a concussion. Right. Um, he's, I think, 80 something, you know, he's he's right around Biden's age. And then uh, and then have these moments where he freezes up um, during, you know, for like 30 seconds at a time during a press conference. That's happened twice. Also, you know, it, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat um, from California, she's doesn't seem to be well or by reports, particularly all there, but she's still a sitting senator. So, I mean, you know, this question comes amid a time when we have a very, in some ways, aged, I don't know, sphere of politicians running the country that maybe people feel like they're not, you know, they're, they're either out of step or maybe they're, you know, they don't think that they're representing people in a, you know, reasonable yeah. way. So I know that's exactly right. And those two, I think are the most prominent current examples, but they are by no means the only examples and voters know who's representing them in these federal offices. These entire legislative bodies have been getting older. So, um, so that's, that's one area where most, the most people are in agreement, but there is also two thirds agreement that there should be a mandatory retirement age for Supreme Court justices. So it's just a small tick down. 67% of voters think that Supreme Court justices should be forced to retire after a certain age. That's, that's one where Democrats favor this more than Republicans, but a majority of Republicans still support that. And, uh, and then one tick lower in support, but still clear majority of support for a mandatory retirement age for U.S. presidents, 58% of voters say there is some age where once you're past that, you can't run for president anymore. So um, this is, I, I think that the the takeaway here is that this is not some short-lived media tempest. This is actually something that a lot of people think would be good for our political system to let some of our older Representatives, retire. You've done a good job. Congratulations. We thank you for your service. <laughs> here's and your here's your toaster oven, your watch, yeah, whatever it is. With your family and your let's, let, uh, <laughs> let's let some younger folks uh, step into these roles. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll make a plug for Nancy Pelosi. There, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is eighty three. I will. I, I'm a Pelosi fan, and you know, I like I, I try not to give compliments unless unless I meet them. You know, I'm not just like constantly pumping out Democrats are great stuff, you know, unless it's like feels warranted. Nancy Pelosi stepped aside and she didn't have to. And she let a much younger generation take over the leadership. She she also seemed to convince Steny Hoyer and uh, and the majority whip at the time, James Clyburn, to step aside and let a mu much younger generation of Democrats take over leadership there. And um, it was just absolutely the right move. She's still, she's serving out her term. She's there to mentor them, which frankly, she's the best uh, speaker, the most effective speaker, not just Democrats that probably uh, has been around in, in half a century um, in terms of running the house. So, you know, I just think that was a class act. It was the right thing to do. And she's there to help out, you know, do some handholding if necessary. Um <laughs> Republicans are kind of driving themselves into the ground without a whole lot of help. So you, if you're Hakeem Jeffries, who's now the minority leader in the House, you can just be like, yeah, I mean, those Republicans are a little mm, dicey. Uh, but anyway, so um, that was just a plug for people who step away at the height of their game and let younger folks take over. All right. 
time for me to transition to something new. I, sometimes I forget that I'm like, usually as a co- as Marco's co-host, he's the one who moves things along. I, we're going to move now. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this difference between yes. voters' perceptions of uh, Joe Biden's age and Donald Trump's age, which is a fascinating topic. Okay, so Drew, uh, hit the top lines for us here. Well, let's start with Trump. I'm going to flip it up. Everyone has been talking about Joe Biden, but let's actually start with Trump. And uh, this survey asked respondents, are you concerned about Donald Trump's age affecting his ability to serve as president? So that's a very broad, broadly worded question. People can interpret that however they want, but just are you concerned? We gave folks the option of saying, yes, I'm very concerned. Yes, I'm somewhat concerned or no, I'm not concerned. So on this question, 49 percent of voters said they were either somewhat or very concerned. And 48% there said they're not concerned. As we'll talk about in a moment here, voters are very concerned about Joe Biden, but a plurality, almost a majority, are concerned about Donald Trump's age. Now, the thing about the way people answered this question is that it polarized very neatly on partisan lines. So overwhelmingly, Republican voters said they're not concerned. Democratic voters said they are concerned. And so when that happens, you get this kind of 50-50 even split. Let's contrast that with right. So right. So it is. It's kind. Of, it's fascinating. I just want to drive that point home. I mean, seventy-one percent of Republicans said they weren't concerned about Donald yeah. Trump's. Right. right? So, um, so that's really the majority of partisans just lining up behind their guy and saying, "No, I'm not concerned about that." Now, when we ask the same question about Joe Biden, so I'll just read it to you again here. Are you concerned about Joe Biden's age affecting his ability to serve as president? Top line result is a lot more people said that they were concerned about Joe Biden's age. The underlying reason is that there wasn't that strong partisan, almost cheerleading that we saw in the question about Donald Trump. So uh, at a top line level, um, remember, 49% said they were concerned about Donald Trump's age. But for Joe Biden, it's 75%. So this, again, is real. This is not some... This is not some uh, story of the week. 75% of voters here are saying that they are either very concerned or somewhat concerned about Joe Biden's age. The reason for that is all the Republicans say they're concerned uh, because they're Republicans. That's what you would expect. But many Democrats say they're concerned and specifically many young Democrats say they're concerned. So um, among Democrats, uh, 50% of Democrats say they're very concerned. Among people who voted for Joe Biden in 2020, 54 people, uh, 54% 54%. of people uh, are concerned. Among Democrats aged 18 to 34, and this is really where the the numbers shift and and why Biden's numbers look like this, 70% of Democrats aged 18 to 34 say they're either very concerned or somewhat concerned about Joe Biden's age. And we've seen the same pattern in public opinion among young Democrats in Joe Biden's approval rating and in other aspects of of perceptions of his presidential leadership, that young Democrats who you would think would be a very strong supporter of a Democratic president are not on board with Joe Biden. Uh, they they, They say that they don't approve of the job he's doing and they're concerned about his age. And this all goes hand in hand. Drew's making a point about, you know, both partisanship and age, right? That that it's young Mm -hmm. Democrats, but just as a baseline, just as a really 
a, 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 an easier baseline to for pe- especially for people listening to this. It's always harder, you know, talking about numbers yeah. for people listening. A lot of numbers, but I know. I there's know. a lot of numbers, but I but I just want to go back in among when we asked about Trump, mm-hmm. 71% of Republicans, just Republicans, said no, we're not concerned. Right. That's but, right. But among Democrats, 49% said no, we're not concerned. That's right. right. So, so it's Democrats who are coming forward and saying, you know, they didn't, they didn't line up lockstep behind their guy right. with that question. That said, it doesn't mean that given a choice between Donald Trump, I mean, if this is what it turns out to be between Donald right. Trump and Joe Biden, it doesn't mean that those people aren't going to vote for Joe Biden. I think, you know, the question is whether or not there's a third party candidate. Um, you know, like a Cornell West or something who provides an outlet for someone. But for the but that's a that's a different question. Just in right. a pure head to head. Let's just keep it what we know. If it was a pure mm-hmm. head to head, those people who are expressing those Democrats who are expressing concern are l- most likely still going to go ahead and vote for Joe Biden again. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly the issue is that uh, the, the folks who uh, well, on the Republican side, these voters are committed to expressing good things about Donald Trump, period. No matter what we ask about, we'll get it's to this. Almost like it's almost but, um, like a cult. It's almost like a cult, Drew. Almost. I just tell you what the numbers are. <laughs> uh, but on the Democratic side, there is more willingness to be critical in voters' uh, evaluations of, of Joe Biden and of Democrats in general. So when, when that happens, then it just becomes an arithmetic problem. You add up uh, Republicans who are in lockstep and Democrats who aren't, it's going to look a little bit worse for, for Joe Biden. But that doesn't mean they're not going to vote for Joe Biden. It just means they're willing to be critical of Joe Biden on certain questions in this moment. Okay, great. So let's, um, what what's another topic? I know that we wanted to get to um, some polling around Trump's guilt or not guilt. Yes. And you just read the numbers though, right, Drew? You're just a number reader. I just um, tell you but what the survey says. Did you just tell you what the survey, but but we're teasing people. That could be the last topic we get to. Can you want to okay. do, you want to sandwich something else in there? We'll just tease people with this, with this final topic. Yeah. Well, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit about this question that you've been very interested in for a number of months now, which is, oh, yeah. uh, which is the question of, hypothetically, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president, which, I mean, that's probably the most likely scenario. Um, but if, if Donald Trump is a Republican nominee for president, would you definitely vote for him? Probably vote for him. Probably vote for someone else. Definitely vote for someone else. And so we've been asking this every every four or six weeks or so. The results from this most recent survey came back with 55% of people saying that they would vote for someone else. 52% of voters would definitely vote for someone else. So you've got uh, you've got the Republican, likely Republican nominee here. A campaign has barely even started, and and fifty two percent of voters are definitely not going to vote for him. I mean, it's tough to reach out at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's you know you know what I am not a mathematician, but if you get fifty two percent, if fifty two percent are definitely not going to vote for you, it seems hard to get to fifty plus one. I mean, yeah, you know 52 that two but- <laughs> is more than fifty. <laughs> That's a pro tip from a pollster. All that calculus is finally right. paying off for me. Oof, man. Well, I 
I, I have to be fair. I have to tell you that we asked this question for Joe Biden as well. And, I know. Uh, I want to request that the next time you do this, you just don't ask the question for Joe Biden. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm kidding. No, I think this is, I think you have to ask it for both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, people don't really, I mean, the numbers aren't as bad for Biden as they are for Trump, but Biden is also not doing very well by this measure. Uh, 49% say that if Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee for president, then they would definitely vote for someone else as well. So um, what we're looking at here is a rematch between two candidates with very strong, uh, should we call them electoral flaws? Uh, <laughs> voters are not- Some downsides. Really they've, downsides. They've, they've just got to sand off the rough edges yeah. here, I think is um, what we're talking about. I just want to make the point though. If 49 if 49% of people say that they would definitely not vote for you, you can get to 50 plus one yes, with that. You can. That's true. that's true. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's, it's just, uh, we're, we're, we continue to be facing a scenario here in the 2024 election where voters are not happy with either of their probable choices. I'll let you know, we're going to keep an eye on this, obviously, this is an important question. Happy to let you know if that changes. But now for three months running, four months running, yeah. uh, it's been pretty consistent that voters would like to vote for someone who is not Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Or Donald Trump. Yeah. I, I will say it's worth noting. So we asked this question. We've asked this question now three months in a row, June, July and August. And in June, Trump was actually faring better than Biden was. That's so true. So in June, it said, you know, it, on the de I would definitely vote for him. I, on that metric, 39 people said that they would definitely vote for Trump and 34% said they would definitely vote for Biden. So That's at right. that point, Trump was actually running five points ahead of Biden on that question in, in June. And so that the dynamic has shifted a touch in Biden's favor over the last several months. Right, right. So some of the, this question is designed to try to elicit from voters the strength of their commitment to their candidates. Are you are you certain or is there any room that you could that you could shift that you would reconsider? And we are seeing some softening in support for Trump, not saying that they're not going to vote for him, but just their the support is softening. And this is the sort of thing where nobody should expect these numbers to flip quickly. Uh, people have, you know, especially on the Republican side, now have many, many years of attachment and identity built up with their support for Donald Trump. It's almost it's like a cult. I use, yeah, that, there's that word again. Uh, it's not, it's not realistic to expect it to change uh, rapidly, but it's, but it's possible that it could change gradually. And so we'll keep monitoring this. And um, it's possible that that support could eventually soften. It could lead people to not enthusiastic to turn out and vote or i suppose we'll measure it if it happens maybe they change their mind and they don't want to vote for him at all anymore but um but it's it's going to be gradual yeah. and uh, that's why we wanted to start now which is a very early point so that we could get a baseline down and watch how it changes and not and not come in you know six months from now and be like how did we get here now we will know yeah. how we got there Exactly. Exactly. So it's always good to have a starting point. We're consistently at, you know, looking at that. And that's why these tracking numbers that civics does 
are so important because you can really see, you know, are things really changing or are, you know, is this about where they've been? Um, And, you know, one of the things that I love about civics numbers is that they don't tend to vote uh, sort of bounce all over the place. So that like when there is a change in civics in the civics tracking in particular, I'm like, Oh, that's a me that's meaningful because they're not just like, you know, up and down all over the place. So anyway, and anyone who I'm, you know, I'm razzing uh, uh, Drew here a little bit about the cult and him just being the guy who reads the numbers. Anybody who has listened to me interview Drew before knows that part of the, um, the feel, the vibe of this interview is that I get to harass Drew just a little bit, even while enjoying all of the information that he's relaying. Um, so anyway, so, okay, let's, uh, let's go on uh, and look at what you guys asked about uh, the, about Trump's and right. Ge- Trump and specifically Georgia, right? You're specifically talking about You're the talking Georgia about Fulton and County, Georgia, the Fulton County, Georgia indictment. And for our listeners, you know, it can be, it's, it is daunting to keep track of all of the legal proceedings against uh, Donald Trump at this point. But this is this is the sort of sweeping conspiracy case against Donald Trump for allegedly trying to overturn Georgia's elections. So it's a it's a, um, it's the Fulton County D.A. This is not the federal case. This is the big one that was just announced just as we were going into this um you know, the, uh, taking the temperature of voters on this. So this go, is take the it away. Mugshot here. one. Mugshot, right. This is the mugshot one. One is, do you think he's guilty? The other is, do you think he should go to jail? I'm going to give you the results backwards because it's too good. I mean, these are big numbers, these, in my opinion. All right. Do you think that Donald Trump should go to jail based on the charges in the Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney's indictment? Yes, he should. 49%. No, he should not. 46%. 5% unsure. Okay. 49%, nearly a majority of voters in this country, believe that based on these charges in Fulton County, Georgia, that Donald Trump should go to jail. That's an enormous number. This is not some, this is not some fringe uh, uh, political campaign. Almost half of voters think that based on the charges in Georgia that Donald Trump should go to jail. That's to me, that's, I mean, it's it's obviously very polarized by party. Democrats say they want this and many, many independents say that they think he should go to jail. And, and some small slice of, um, of Republicans too. What is that number? Uh, Let me see here. I've got it in front of me. Uh, Should you go to jail? Republican, 6% of Republicans say that he should go to jail. And uh, and in fact, uh, there are 2% of people who voted yeah. for Donald Trump, 2%, not zero, but 2% of voters say that they voted for Donald Trump in 2020, but he should go to jail now. So so, so let's let's be clear about something. 2% in, in these polarized times, if it's really a Trump-Biden rematch, is a, it could be a meaningful number of people. In other words, like you, you can win or lose an election based on 2%, depending on how, where they're distributed and things like that. Well, five percent um, of Trump voters are unsure. Yeah, and and six percent of Republicans said he should go to jail. I mean, yeah. those are. I mean, look, the conversation. And I don't think I can say this enough because for so long the conversation was all about turnout. Now you have to do both things. It's not just who turns their 
voters out. It's also how many swing voters or independent voters do you get? Can you bring along mm-hmm. a That's super right. small slice of the other, you know, the other party's um, voters or mm-hmm. people who are independents who might vote one way, one, you know, or vote for one candidate, but vote for a different candidate on the top of the ticket, that type of thing. It is now not just turnout. Turnout is super important. Can't get any anywhere without high turnout for your own voters. But at the same time, we won an election in 2020 and also managed to escape a total drubbing, what should have likely been just based on historical norms, a total drubbing in 2022 by doing better among um, independents and swing voters and in a small slice of Republicans than most pundits uh, thought we could or suggested we could, especially in 2022, I think. Um, so th- they, they, they are the difference makers in these very tight elections. And we've got to have them to win for a Democrats to win. Well, here, here's an interesting quirk in the crosstabs on this question. And then we can move on to the other question. But sure. generally, when we do polling, we see a gender gap emerge on partisan issues where women are more on the Democratic side, marginally, uh, and men are more on the Republican side. And actually that flipped on this question where men are more supportive of putting Donald Trump in jail than women are. So um, (laughs) make of that what you will. Wow. That is, that is kind of fascinating. I must say. Um, Okay. So, so that question was all about, uh, do you think that Trump should go to jail based on the charges filed in the Fulton County, uh, Georgia indictment. Um, And 49% said, yes, he should go to jail. 46% said, no, he shouldn't. 5% were unsure. Now we go to the next question, which actually, as it was done in the, um, in the poll, in the survey was the first question, which is, do you think Trump is guilty of the charges? So what what did we get there? We asked this first because obviously you don't want to get people thinking about jail and then ask if they think he's guilty. So we asked, uh, do you think that he's guilty of the charges in the indictment of, uh, of conspiring to overturn the result of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia? And a lot of people think he's guilty. 54%. Of all charges. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, 54%, so more than that, 49% thinks he should be in jail, but 54% say that he's guilty of at least something, either all the charges or some charges. But 48% say that they think that Donald Trump is guilty of all the charges. That's amazing. So, um, so there's a little fall off between people who they think he's, they may think he's guilty, but they don't think he should go to jail. There's still 54% say that they think Donald Trump is guilty of, of something. And most you know, by far, most of those people say that he's guilty of everything. And um, and again, we were looking at it by party. So 5% of Republicans think he, Donald Trump was guilty of all the charges. Another 8% think he's guilty of some charges. 7% say they're unsure. But but uh, among Republicans who are willing to say yes, that's uh, that's 13%. So that's that's not nothing. Um, more than more than one in 10, you know, depending if you want to include in unsures, that's like was 20%, 20% of Republicans say that they're either yes, they're, Trump is guilty or they don't know. And then even Trump voters, 8% of Trump voters themselves think that he's at least guilty of something. So this speaks to that softening that we were 
talking about eight uh, percent of just starting, but yeah, right. There's something there. It's sinking in for, for for voters and particularly Republican voters that maybe there is something to this talk that uh, Trump is guilty of something that he did something wrong. Eight percent of Trump voters is interesting in the sense that it's not just eight percent of Republicans, right? right there are people right. who I th- th- there are people who identify as Republicans who you know may have voted and did. There were people who definitely vote, you know, who identify as Republicans who voted for Joe Biden in twenty twenty. Um, and the and this is these are Trump. These aren't just Republican identified right. respondents. These are Trump identified respondents who right, are saying independence. Mm-hmm, who are saying um i think he's guilty of all charges was that what well the or eight percent is, is anything at least some okay at least, at least something he's guilty yeah. of something that dude did something wrong so so i mean that is i i, I it is eight percent of your own voters is a lot that's a that i mean in terms of electoral outcomes that's a lot. Now, not all 8% of those people, you know, are, are of those voters is, is necessarily going to not vote for Trump still. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there's, there's still, there's still the, um, this, you know, well, he's better than Joe Biden. So, I mean, you know, the, the, right. the rationale of like the rationale of Nikki Haley. Well, I, I can't, I, I would vote for him anyway, because he's, uh, because we can't have a, a president Kamala Harris, you know, I mean that, so, these idiots, some of whom are trying to, um, I shouldn't call them idiots, but anyway, these these GOP hopefuls, some of whom are trying to beat Trump, some of whom may just be running for to be his vice presidential pick. But, you know, they're making his own case for him sometimes. Well, we should vote for him. Any, we should support him anyways, because it would be so much worse to have Joe Biden or Kamala Harris in charge of the country. And that's exactly what he wants them to say. Uh, so, but I, I, okay, so I'm just going to throw something out there that is a, a sheer guess, a sheer intuition that <laughs> I can't necessarily provide the numbers for, but we, we have seen a little bit of softening in terms of, you know, there are numbers that indicate a little bit of softening in terms of, um, you know, diehard Trump support, not much. Okay. Not much. I want to be really clear, but there is a piece of me that wonders that if this thing is going to fall apart for Trump, and, and I say this thing as in getting the nomination, if this thing is going to fall apart for Trump, it could be sudden. Okay. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you could see a scenario where it it's, it's a little bit like a house of cards and it's all there. And all of a sudden you start to pull out, you know, one card and it all just sort of starts to come down. You know what I mean? Like every, suddenly everybody's like, Oh my God, we got, we cannot have, we can't have a, someone who's in jail, you know, right as our, as our nominee. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of Trump cultists who are, who would be fine with that. But I'm just saying, like, it's possible that suddenly you could have a bunch of people because there was legitimate interest before Ron DeSantis, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, proved to be such a terrible candidate um, that was really abysmal at almost everything related to being a candidate, where people were legit. There were legitimate Republican voters saying, I don't know about Trump. I want someone Trumpy, but I'm worried that Trump can't win it again. 
And you could see a scenario where it's possible where all of a sudden people could be like, oh my God, he really is going to be convicted or he really, you know, this really is a problem. And I don't, I want someone to win. I want someone to win. Um, So I don't know. We are, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. Like it could look like Trump's inevitable until he's not. Just like it looked like there was no way Joe Biden could win the nomination until he won South Carolina and then he was the clear front runner and prospective nominee and everybody dropped out and endorsed Joe Biden because he was going to win it. So you never know how these things turn around. Um, He is still, it's still his nomination to lose at this point. That's undoubtedly true. Um, Joe, I mean, Joe, Drew, sorry. Anything else you want to add um, before we sign off for today? Anything else I want to add? Well, uh, I will just reiterate what you mentioned at the top, which is that this is a brand new survey. It just came out of the field and we will be releasing it publicly tomorrow, but happy to talk with you about it today. So if you head over to the civics website and there's not enough for you on the homepage, you can click on reports and uh, you'll see all the cross tabs with all the details of all the numbers that we've been discussing today and a little memo. And um, I invite you to check it out. So go go look up this, go to civics.com, civics with a Q. Um, check out the reports. Are the reports right on the homepage right there? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a link at the top that says news and reports. So okay. News and reports. So you click on that tab and you get all the reports. They do a little report on every... Um, daily, it, you know, co-branded Daily Coast Civics uh, monthly survey that they do. And one, one of the things I also really like about these um, co-branded polls that Civics conducts for us is that it's really easy to find the crosstabs. You don't have to dig around, right? There's the top lines, like no. we asked 20 questions. Here's the top line results of all 20 questions. And then you go down further and you and here's the first question. And here are all the, you know, here's all the crosstabs um, broken out by gender and race and, um, and age and partisanship and all that stuff, right? So it's really easy to look at the cross tabs here and make sense of them. Sometimes, you know, I try to look at polls and find their cross tabs and it's really impossible to find. They're all right there. So anyway, come to dailycoast.com. I'm going to be recapping some of what we talked about here today. Um, and if you want to make a comment about it in our comments, interact with other Daily Coast readers, do it. Go to civics.com and get their takeaway um, on what they thought was most interesting about this poll. Also, as a podcast, please go. If you like what we do every week, go ahead and give us a thumbs up on it at your favorite, whatever your favorite platform is. I want to thank Drew Linzer uh, for being with us today. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Walter Einenkel, um, for the support he always provides. Um, I hope that Marcos Melitzis, I think he's going to be back with us next week, will be back and rested and ready to go. And I want to thank all of you for showing up uh, because engagement is really the name of the game here. We all engage in the ways we can. Anyway, thank you so much, Drew Linzer, Director right, of Polling for you. Civics. And thank you all. We will see you next week. Thank you.